Hey, everybody. This is the Next Level Sales Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Jankowski. This is a podcast for new-ish and existing sales managers, uh, where we help you shorten the curve, learn your skills faster, and just, you know, get way better, way faster. Today, I've got uh, Keith Campana on, the, on with us. Keith, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, my pleasure, Derek. Thank you. Really quick, would you just kick us off with, so you're here to talk about life work integration. And I appreciate that before we started the show, you corrected me in the order of that, which I think is really important, life work integration. I personally think this is a super important topic. I mean, we've been in this pandemic for a year and people are getting really tired and it, it's hard, to, it's getting harder and harder to separate work from life. See, I put them in the wrong order again. So I'm really mm-hmm. excited to talk about this with you. Yeah. Before we jump in, can you just kick us off? Give us a little background about you. Like, why is this a topic you care about? You know, why should people be excited to hear you about it? Yeah, no, thank you for that. Specifically because I am a sales guy. I have been. My mother will tell you since I was born, I've been in sales. I've been a sales guy. And because of that, I spent a lot of time door to door visiting. I've probably sat inside of over a thousand companies of all shapes and sizes and no matter what I was selling, most, most of the time I sold software. And when I, when I would meet with people, you know, the general concept is you get to know them and everybody always seems stressed. There wasn't a level of like catastrophic behavior. Although I've been in front of HR leaders who behind closed doors in front of me cried about how much pressure they had and, and how much change was hard and And over the years, just like everyone else out there, I've had my own personal challenges. And when I was going through my own personal challenges, the the ones so far that were the hardest to get through, I was building a lot of skill sets that I really, I kind of didn't realize was happening. I mean, there was intention there, but I was not working where I wanted to. I was working way more than I wanted to. And at the same time, I was getting happier. And I was finding myself becoming much more in tune with stress. And with that, I decided to leverage what I was learning. And lo and behold, great things started happening to me. And so, you know, fast forward today, you know, I'm a former podcast host myself. You know, I've got a software company I'm a part of now where I get to be part of the the leadership team. And and things have become enormously beneficial and fun for me. And so with that in mind, life work integration isn't a term I coined on my own, but because I'm a a software guy, I always say that integration is the free flowing exchange of energy and ideas between at least two systems. And because personally, I think life is more important than work. I think that life work makes a a lot more sense. And, And the one thing that resonates with everyone and probably with everyone out there is that everyone's familiar with the term called work life balance. But very few people actually feel that they're balanced in a harmony sense uh, as much as balanced in being able to figure out how to get work done and live the life they want. That's what's got me here. Okay, great. So so give us a better sense of what what you mean with work, life work integration. They're flowing back and forth, but what does that mean? How does somebody know if they're doing this well? Yeah. So it's, it's, 
it goes back to the idea of work, right? Does work is and stress. It really boils down to how to turn stress into a competitive advantage. If there was a deliverable, that's precisely what it is. And, and you know, this conversation today is going to be a little bit philosophical. It's going to be a little bit emotional, but it will also be very business sense driven, right? Because sales is pretty much exposed. You're either doing it or you're not, right? And the truth of the matter is that if you go to work stressed, our bodies are aligned so much that we are really preventing us from doing what we're being paid to do. Salespeople and leaders, sales leaders and leadership leaders in general, there's a paradigm shift going on as it relates to what leaders do. And in the past, leaders were there to drive and tell people what to do and tell people how to think. But that paradigm shift in this new world of decentralized workers, decentralized ideas, which is the key here, is really shifting the need from leaders from telling people what to think and do to helping people think, to solve problems, to get creative. And ultimately, the idea of being stressed is real. Everyone feels it. And in no way, shape or form am I going to minimize the realities that a lot of people out there in your audience are facing. However, at the same in the very same breath, I could share that there are a lot of people out there that have experienced very stressful scenarios in their lives and in their careers. And they look back and think of those as being the best times of their lives. So what's going on there? What is it that moves somebody from a work-life balance to a life-work integration mindset where it's free-flowing and there's not resistance? It has everything to do with understanding not just how the stress got there, what to do with it once you realize that you actually, here's the spoiler alert for everyone, you're in control of it. You just don't realize it because you've given the control and the stress to the people around you, whether it be a marketplace or a quota or a company. And that doesn't have to be the case anymore. I'm particularly interested in this because, you know, you're talking about internal changes, right? The quota isn't going to go away. The, you know, the pandemic is going to go away, but it's not tomorrow. And even when it does, you know, there's still going to be a million, uh, you know, other stressors. Yeah. Yep. When I hear work-life integration, I'm like, well, yeah, life, work, integration. See, we'll See this, this is what we're conditioned to do. <laughs> <laughs> work That's how work. good I am, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you know, my first call it objection is, well, it is integrated. I work nonstop, Right my email and my Slack and everything comes to my phone. Right, I'm watching right. TV and I can answer people or I always, you know, my personal laptop has all my work stuff on it. That's not what you're talking about though. So yeah. how do we start to navigate? How do we start to do what you're talking about? Like what are, what are you recommending as the first yeah. couple steps? Like how do we start to survive this in a healthier way? Yeah. Yeah. So the very first question I ask all of my, my, my clients on a personal level, is what is it that you want? You know, that question in and of itself, books have been written about it. There's endless conversation. With all the stress that's going on, and, and believe me, there's conversation we could have about how our bodies are aligned in a healthy way for, to, for, to be stressed. But with all the stress going on, there's, there's one thing that really fundamentally speaks at the core of this, is that if you're stressed, you simply cannot be creative. And over years, over time, people wind up losing sight about what they really want out of life. You've got your work dialed into your laptop, but is that what you really want? Do you want to have that ongoing buzz that guys like you and I get when we realize that we, 
I could take my job and I could go to a, a different venue and I could do productive work there. Or do you want to be able to shut it off? Or do you want to be able to grow your own? Do you want to be able to learn from within an organization? People have been stressed for so long. And, and for the record, I was doing keynotes about this before COVID took place. So there's a lot that's, you know, just kind of, just like everything else COVID's done, it's accelerated the awareness of this. And then it's accelerated the need for there to be an answer, right? So the idea here is to create self-awareness. It doesn't, I don't care. I am a, I'm a generation agnostic kind of guy. I don't care if you're in your 20s or 30s or 40s or 50s or your 70s. At the end of the day, if you're not doing what you want, then I think you're leaving a lot on the table for yourself and you're keeping things from yourself. And ultimately what most people want is to be able to feel like they're contributing, that they're making the right amount of money and that they're having fun, right? And so that leads me to the idea of how do you know you're doing it right, right? And this is a fun conversation for me to have because if you're in a position where you're working and you're, and you're doing the grind and, you're, and you're, maybe you've got kids at home and you've got all the new, new age realities that we all face with, if you're not having fun as much as possible, then there's a flag to be, you know, there's a flag for you. What is it about having fun that helps us become more creative, that helps us become better employees, better dads, better wives, better moms, all that stuff is the idea of knowing what you want and then being able to do it. So the work, the, the work-life balance challenge that everyone has is that, you know, we have that image of a seesaw, right? Work on one side, life on the other. Heaven forbid a woman want to start a family before her career or, or vice versa. Maybe a woman wants to get a career going and then start a family. Can you imagine, you know, guy to guy, I couldn't imagine having to deal with that kind of thought process. It simply wasn't anything that I really put in, put in place. And that's unfortunate. There's a stress that takes place here. And even if you were going to keep that balance horizontal, over time, you're going to wear thin. And so what's come out of that, what moves you into life work integration is the idea that you become aware of that stress. You start to recognize whether or not I'm, am I in a place that, why am I doing all of this work if I don't want to be here? Or why am I in this family if I don't want to be here? I have clients that have over time had amicable divorces because they realized that this wasn't the life they wanted. This is the kind of opportunity that's out there. Right now, any individual anywhere can create a life that they feel is worth living. They have to do the work in the front end of it, which is called, you know, you and I call it self-awareness. So this is not just sitting back and listening to, uh, you know, audio books. This is work. You know, we used to call it, we used to refer, we refer to this as the redefinition of work because technology has made us do a lot more easily. Now, how do we challenge ourselves? Well, we become more aware of what it is we want, and then we move towards creating. And a funny thing happens along the way for most people. When you ask them what do they want out of life, they don't know, but they'll tell you a thousand things that they don't want out of life. So how did that happen? How is it that we now know all of the things that we don't want and none of what we do want? And that puts people into, and, and keeping in mind here, we're talking about transformational learning, not organizational learning. I think for me, the biggest thing I noticed going through my sales career is how little companies actually give a shit about their employees as people. All the trainings for decades has been about how you could be a better employee. 
but very few of them actually touch on how you can be a better person. And so the idea of becoming more self-aware of who you are and what you want, you start to become a little bit more patient about yourself. You start to become a little bit more compassionate about the decisions you've made and the people in your life. And you start to change the way you, your interpersonal relationships move forward. You feel really good and you bring that into work. And now you're more collaborative, you're more empathetic, you're more creative and very, very amazing things happen when that takes place. Okay, so, all right, so what do you want? Now, for a lot of people, it's gonna be, I mean, that's probably gonna be a, a serious couple hour introspection process for, for most yeah. people. So imagine right. those answers are some version of, you know, people realize they like their job if this one mm -hmm. thing changes or if they felt a different way about it. Some people, like you're saying, want a totally different life experience, a different right. partner, a different job, a different career. Yeah. And I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a huge chasm and different, and you know, different kinds of answers. Is the next step different for each of those people or what, how does somebody keep walking that path and towards yeah. this life work integration? Yeah, it is the, it, we are at the top of a relatively deep rabbit hole for a lot of people, <laughs> right? The, the, the truth of the matter is, is that the, the way that I, the way that I've come to process it and, and, you know, this is a show about sales leadership. So it comes from questions that I asked as a sales rep, right? It's just something I've, I've developed over time. And so much as you ask yourself the question, what is it that I want? And then you ask five whys. You know, why is it that I want that? Well, because I want to be able to become promoted. Well, why do I want to be promoted? So that I can make more money. Well, why do I want to make more money? So I could do more things. Well, why do I want to do more things? Because I don't feel like I'm doing enough. Why do you feel like you're not doing enough, right? So at the end of five whys, you get to an answer that it could be very far away from that initial answer of what I want. And so the next question I always, I, I, you know, the pen is mightier than the sword. And I have people write this out all the time. But the truth is, once you get to that fifth why, ask yourself the question, what did I learn? And then you start to recognize a lot about where you put, how you've, advanced or how you've grown and then the next step is you know what's you know what's the specific next step right so you could become much more aware of what you want uh, but you might not know what to do but if you're in the right mindset keep in mind i've already by the end of this exercise you've become much more creative you feel stressed because you're really unwinding stress but at the end of the day that's still there so we move to that next category of what is it that you don't want, right? And ultimately, what a lot of people don't want is ongoing stress. They don't want the negative stuff. They don't want the burdens and, and, and the, the, the rattling in their brain. And here's where we use modern day, or actually it's, it's, it's modern day information, but it's new age science and, and, and data as it relates to the way that our brains and our bodies work. So the very next step in terms of being able to help somebody figure out, you know, to deal with what they don't want is meditation. Is it not it's not necessarily sitting down and meditating for, for an hour. It's understanding what meditation does. And then when you get to a place and, you know, the homework assignment I offer at the first, at the end of the first session is that series of questions. Then the next one is let's start understanding how you could come familiar with meditation because what meditation does inside of your body's chemistry is help you quiet 
the noise. And when you can find a sense of balance, like in the truest sense, balance, not work-life balance, but you feel balanced. Well, now you get that, that breathing works better. Your body resonates more. You, you get to bring in more positivity into the way you think from the inside out. Those external factors, they're still there. But now you're getting stronger from, let's, I always tell people, if I could get you stronger from two inches outside of your body, we can go two miles. It's those first two inches. It's the inside habits and it's the thought processes. And then once you get done with that, the next step is I know what I do want. You start to actually come to terms with what you really want. And now we start talking about flow state. And the best part about all this stuff, and I, it's kind of a joke amongst my peers, and that's I don't have any original thought here. I didn't make up a single thing of what we're talking about today. There are people like Stephen Kotler and Jerry Dackerman and Guy Lewis at Integral Performance that are really bringing this to the front in business environments in, in terms of like the, the top of the top it's inside of companies. Flow state is your ability to feel and perform at your best. And when you're doing that, you are absolutely you know, the, you're, you're, you're killing it, right? It, athletes call it being in the zone. Musicians refer to it. Jazz musicians used to refer to it as being in the pocket, right? Mm -hmm. Time goes by. I'm sure you've done it, right? You've been on a project and all of a sudden you look up and it, it, you know, three hours went by, right? There's a whole science to that. There's reasons why there are people that are able to outperform their peers all the time. It's because they've taken what they, the stresses that they had and they turn it into that competitive advantage enabling them to do more by balancing at like, like bringing in things like meditation, sleep, uh, diet, like all of these, like, I don't want to say uh, taboo is the wrong word, but like in a sales leadership environment where grit and grind and, you know, power drinks or whatever, those things are, 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 are what a lot, like the, the history of sales, at least in the States includes a lot of that. So recognizing that there's more to being a better version of you comes into play in that third part, which is, you know, defining what it is you do want out of life. I'm glad you brought up Stephen Kotler. I just picked up Are the Impossible. I'm looking so, yeah. at Zero to Dangerous. Have you done it? Yeah, I, I didn't do Zero to Dangerous. I pre-ordered the book. I've read all of his other books. And because of that, I got to do one of the the distraction they had like they gave there was a huge back order so they gave a bunch of us a free course destruct cool. disruption distra uh, distraction disruption so it really talks a lot about like to get the flow right you have to minimize distractions yeah. there's a lot of different ways to get the flow but ultimately you can't do it if you're being bogged down by a bunch of other things so cool. yeah yep cool man flow is real the yeah. So many people recommend meditation for so many different things from like Tim Ferriss to Ryan Holiday to like yep. Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know what I mean? Like, yep. so one of those things that I've been hearing about for 15 years and just started doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's funny. I tell like, so my whole thing is that I, you know, my, my story is that I, I went through a divorce. I found myself a single dad with two kids. And then less than two years later, I was laid off for the first time ever. And I, I, going through my personal challenges, I was able to find these philosophies and string them all together 
to help me build the process, which is my way of saying that looking back, and the reason why I'm glad that I'm on this podcast with you is that I'm nobody special. And if nobody special can, within a couple of years, with less than two years, be able to take a scenario that most people would find hard and turn it into something that literally I have the opportunity of my life in front of me, it's got to be scalable. And so I try to reduce the inertia piece, right? Like the first session, what do you want? Well, just ask yourself five times and then ask yourself what's the specific next step, right? And then from, or what did you learn? Sorry, it's what did I learn? And then what's the specific next step to take? And then the next part with this meditation thing is I challenged my, my clients, whether it's a group or not, just meditate for one minute, mm-hmm. right? And like you would think, and you know it, right? It's like, meditation for one minute keeping still people are so uncomfortable with it and there's a again here's that mindset the mindset is be uncomfortable be comfortable with discomfort just let it sit there and play with it and so the the meditation part is really impressive because the fourth step there's only four steps into this what i consider the the life work integration process is to actually begin to manifest the life that you want. And here's where we start to see people like Joe, Dis- Dr. Joe Dispenza, who is like all out changing the way people uh, deal with cancer, let alone mm-hmm. a business quota, right? Like you think you, you think you got a quota that's a challenge? Imagine what, going to the doctor and being told you have more cancer than the, the doctor knows what to do with. And then over time you wind up seeing Joe Dispenza and you learn that you can actually meditate your way and project into a future that you feel better and then the, the cancers go away. The spontaneous, what do they call it? Spontaneous regeneration is a very well-known thing right now. So it's like crazy to think oh, that bad. if you're a professional and you're feeling stressed, you could literally stop, put some time into yourself to create the future that you want versus be stressed about the present moment that you don't want. So, all right, I'm just going to recap really quick for yeah. everyone following along at home. <laughs> all right, so ask yourself what you want. First of all, everybody, like, set aside some time. This is not a five-minute exercise, right? What do you want? Then five whys. What do I want that? What do I want that? Et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. What did I learn about that? Then I might be mixing this next two steps, but it's, all right, so what do I not want? Right. Do some meditation to quiet all the noise happening in your brain. Like, I think... Most people, like including me, are three screen at a time people. Like I'm watching mm-hmm. TV, checking yeah. my email on my MacBook, and then flipping through whatever on my phone, right? Yep. TikTok is the new thing. Don't get into TikTok, everybody. <laughs> if you haven't gotten hooked <laughs> yet, it is, a, it is a slow killer. All right. So you get through that meditation piece. You're quieting the noise. And then you ask yourself, all right, so I know what I want. What is the specific next step? to start moving right. in that direction. Right, right. So that for the, the, the series of questions of what do I want? Why mm-hmm. times five? Mm-hmm. What did I learn? And what's the specific next step? You carry that with you the whole way. It's not just okay. a one and done kind of thing, right? It helps right. you move throughout the rest of it. And so does meditation, right? Go online. Here's the thing that I'll share with you and everyone else out there. I haven't watched the news since 2011. It's a really good experiment to pretend for a day or a week or since 2011 that the news isn't reality. 
It's just a TV yeah. show, just like Seinfeld or Rick and Morty. It's just a show that gives you ideas about what could be going on out there. I'm not saying that there isn't bad, but this goes back to the idea of what's in your mind. The reason why people have a hard time meditating in the United States is because they've got so much stuff flying through their mind. They don't even know. Yeah. We simply don't know how much is going on. Right. I, then whatever we call the news these days isn't news. It's not factual updates about the world. It is editorializing with Correct. the intention, I believe, of, out, of causing outrage, fear, and anger. And, and why people is watch that? that on a regular basis. And, and, <laughs> <Drive> and, <rating>. and <laughs> Right, right. And, and so then let's flip the coin. Fear is stress. We turn mm -hmm. it around and now we're, we're using, you know, here's, here's, a, here's something I think, if you don't mind, this might be a little long-winded, but stress. Let's look at stress as an example of it being a good thing. I love music. I was born to be a rock star, but I have no musical talent. But I absolutely love music. If you think about the music that you love, the music that you love was built off of somebody working their ass off to be mm -hmm. good at playing an instrument. So the work that we consider playful was stressful, but they somehow managed to make it beautiful. The instruments, you know, you've got guitars where, where strings are pulled and wood is bent. Pianos where, you know, the, the, the strings and the ivories, they're slammed up against the think of the drums. We're talking about an incredible amount of stress that is fine-tuned to create a great piece of work that is playful. And that's the goal, to be able to play while you work. And so that winds up uncovering, I know we're, we're putting, I'm, I feel like I'm smushing a whole lot of stuff, but in no way, state or form, do I want anybody who's listening to think that this is an overnight thing. Like the, 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 the fourth part, so the first part is I don't know what I want. The second part is I know what I don't want. The third part is I know what I do want. And the fourth part is I don't know that I know what I know. And it's my own little riddle that basically suggests that you have habits that are working in the background, just like you do today, that are building and driving you towards a future that you want, right? So it really, once we get out of the meditation and the flow state, we move to building those habits and using that positive visualization through meditation that helps you, you know, you just, it happens, it just kind of clicks. And the way that you start is you got it, like we were talking about with the art of impossible, destroy the distractions, put down the news. If you have to watch the news, figure out how long you actually watch the news. And then next week, cut that, like take 20% off of it. And then yeah. go to YouTube and just type in something that you want. So any topic that you have, like if you get a little bit of an idea, what's amazing, and it's funny, a lot of the like the energy people out there that I talk to, you know, they talk about the law of attraction where like energy attracts like, right? Karma, what goes around, comes around, all that good stuff. But I like to think of YouTube as an algorithm that's like the law of attraction. If you want to learn about basket weaving, you can type in basket weaving and before you know it, your YouTube will be filled with basket weaving stuff. So use the tools that are around you to help surround yourself with the things that you want. And that makes you feel better. That makes you get more creative. 
and on and on it goes. And this is the kind of stuff that, you know, I work with, with, you know, we were talking earlier with integral performance. That's the thing that they're doing, going inside of organizations and telling people, helping people recognize that if you want to really innovate inside of an organization or inside of a marketplace, well, you're never going to get there if you feel resistance from an, on an individual level, right? Cool. So we're touching on something I, I wanted to get into, which is, you know, so, you, so you've got this process that you just laid out for us. And it seems to me that for most people, wherever they land at the end of that, you know, it's going to tell them where to go, hopefully, or at least the direction. That journey is going to take time. It took you a year and a half or two years to, to get here, mm -hmm. right? Somebody may discover they, they don't want to be in their existing job or they want something to change or whatever. It's going to be a few months of change for that. Yeah. Yeah. Other than cutting out news, which I absolutely recommend for everybody, what is something somebody could do today? Like, I want to reduce my stress right away so I can figure this out. Because yeah. in, in my mind, here's the objections. If I do the thing that you just said, I'm going to feel more stress because those things will crowd out work and I feel like I should be doing work, right? Or something like that. Sure. What do sure. we do about that? So there would be the spot where I would say, why do you feel like it crowds out work? Why? 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 And at the end of that, somebody's probably going to say something like, well, because I just don't, I need money. And I do the job that I need to do. Okay, so then it's about the money. How much money do you need to sustain while you sacrifice what you want, while you stop sacrificing what you want and actually do the work towards that? Because again, there's no joke here. There's no punchline here. This is work. To change a habit takes work. And the answer to your question, which by the way, I love that you asked me this and I love being put on the spot, is sleep. Take a nap, sleep more, go seven to eight hours. There isn't a person on earth that will sustain if they're mentally and physically tired. So if you wanna change the tides and you want to move from a work-life balance mindset to life-work integration, you have to start taking care of yourself. And that's where sleep comes into play. I'm a huge, huge advocate of power naps. Trust me when I tell you, if a guy like me could fall asleep and wake up at 20 minutes without an alarm, I didn't create it. It's been out there for years. You can look back throughout history and you'll see people talk really, really smart, creative, courageous people understood the value of sleep. It doesn't mean that you have to sleep 12 hour days. We're not in college, right? We, but get seven hours sleep, get eight hours of sleep, take a power nap, set your timer for 25 minutes and fall asleep when you feel exhausted. Take control of the things you could control and the things that used to control you will simply fade away. Just like the news cycle from last week, it's gone. Nobody knows what, what anybody said. Yeah. I love that you bring up sleep because again, back, back to Kotler, Stephen Kotler, like one night of sleep. No, what is it? I don't know. I think it's something like an, a week. If you get too little sleep for a week, it's the equivalent of having five drinks of alcohol sure I believe impairs your judgment that much and yeah. yeah and i think what's what what's let's talk about the 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 naysayers mm -hmm. what didn't exist when we were when a lot of us were growing up is the data right technology isn't just on our phones technology is everywhere 
And there's pure data that shows the impact that all of these stresses that we've all grown numb to, quite literally, have made on our lives. You know, the fundamental reality of what work-life balance has brought us as a company, as a world, as a business world, 70%, and you can pick any HR source you want to, 70% of the workforce are disengaged. 70% equally, funny enough, now if we go from HR, we go to healthcare, 70% are, are dealing with some sort of mental health issue. And this was before COVID, where loneliness and echo chambers and and overall dissatisfaction because people are so scrambled, Derek, they can't figure out what they want. There's a massive movement here that's building momentum towards breathing, chilling out, relaxing, take a nap. The world will be here when you wake up, but at least you'll be better. You'll feel better about it when you get here. Cool. Yeah. Well, we're coming up on time here, man. Anything that you feel like you left out that you wanted to get to? To be honest, this has been great. I know at the beginning we were just saying like this could go in any direction, right? Yeah, um, but, but it's a good direction. You know, <laughs> it, right. The, the, the truth of the matter is that if you're out there and you're listening to this and you want to do better for yourself, you know, I, I recently, yeah, I, I heard somebody say, again, because it didn't come from me, I honor myself by increasing my self-awareness. Being honest with yourself and having taking the time, whether or not you you walk around your block for a few times, put on music that you love, put on something that helps you feel better about who you are. And then, like, I, again, I talk to executives, CEOs, board of directors, warehouse managers, like restaurant workers. It doesn't matter. Everyone has their own personal strife and their challenges. You can be better if you want. You just have to ask yourself the question, what do I want? Because some people, believe it or not, dude, they want to be unhappy. Can't really help them too much because I I don't. So there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, cool, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This is this is excellent, like flow, stress, like mental health like these are all topics really important to me and i think the cutting edge of you know managing people you touched on this in the beginning is managing the person right mm -hmm. it's the, the person and salesperson like mm -hmm. how, how can we as leaders enable our people to become healthier and if we put that first the work gets better as a side effect you know Absolutely. there's a whole lot of advantages and, and candidly, now's the time to do it because everything mm -hmm. is so sideways and everything is so unknown. If you're the kind of person, like we're all in this un feeling of unknowingness, the best way to handle the unknown is to create inside of it. You don't know what the future is going to be like. Go create yours. Nobody is stopping you except yourself. You just have to retool and get new habits and become more aware. Mm -hmm. of what it takes for you to do the things that you want inside of a sales organization, even when you've got quotas and clients and CEOs breathing down your neck, you can still do it. Truth is most CEOs are doing it. They're just, maybe they're a little bit grumpy about it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Two, two just really quick questions for you, man. One, 
for anybody who wants to go deeper on the issues that we talked about, do you have resources, books, blogs, anything like that that you can recommend? The website is www.keithcompagna.com. I'm in the process of writing books. You can link up with me on LinkedIn, but for the most part, if you want to talk more about this stuff, feel free to just reach out to me. And whether or not it's on an individual level or an organizational level, it doesn't matter to me. But, you know, however I can help, I will. Which is, by the way, the last question. So it's what do I want? Why five times? What did I learn? What's the specific next step? And then how can I help? Cool. Well, thanks, man. Thank, thank you, you so much for coming on and sharing this. Yeah, thank you, Derek. You're well. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you'll probably like the Next Level Private Mastermind. It's a small group of newish sales leaders who are helping each other grow faster and become better. Each week, we cover a specific topic and troubleshoot actual issues new leaders run into. The link is in the show notes or go to DerekJankowski.com slash mastermind. Thanks.